This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by the Facilities Operation Coordinator for the Indiana Pacers, Aaron Magnuson. A 2021 graduate of IUPUI, Aaron explains how his seven internships prepared him for his role with the Pacers and the importance of students getting experience before graduation. He also shares some of the logistical processes that go into preparing GameBridge Fieldhouse for concerts, games, and other events. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, so joining us on the show today is the Facilities Operation Coordinator with the Indiana Pacers, Aaron Magnuson. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brandon. I'm excited to be here. Well, like I told you a little bit before we got started, I'm excited to have you with us because inevitably we've got a lot of students here, whether they're sport management majors or athletics and recreation majors who want to get into operations and working in facilities. There might not be as many jobs and paths there as there are you know, other places in sport. So it's going to be really cool to kind of get your perspective. So to kind of start us off, just tell us about your background and, and your current job there with the Pacers. Definitely. Well, growing up, I lived a sport-centric lifestyle. And so whether that was playing sports competitively or, you know, looking forward to going to games the few chances throughout the year, I really loved being around sports. And so um, in addition to that, I would also say I love the business aspect of sports. So whether that was looking at what my favorite players were wearing on court and their endorsement deals or something like, you know, the next stadium being built and how that differentiated itself from previous ones built. And so all that to say, sports was a big um, driving force and what I wanted to do as a career. And as you mentioned, there are opportunities in operations, and I really didn't know what that looked like uh, prior to going into college. And so I, I really put a plan together to try to um, gain relevant experience in as many ways as possible so that on the other side of graduating, I would have a sense of what I wanted to do, um, along with, I think, probably almost more importantly, I would have a robust network um, that I could rely on and kind of use towards obtaining a job in sports. And so once I got to my alma mater, IEPY, I did anything and everything I could to make it happen. And so that led me to working a number of different internships across multiple organizations in the Indianapolis area. Um, I had the opportunity to also work outside of Indiana in large-scale events such as the Super Bowl or an international event called Ocean Man Greece. And so from those experiences, and my coursework at IEPY really feel like it set me up for my first gig out of the of graduating. Um, and that led me to going to Kansas City to work with the Chiefs as an event services seasonal. And so really in that role, uh, it was foundational for me in a lot of different ways. That um, I was working under great leadership. Caitlin, uh, Nick, and even Megan were all great leaders, and I learned a ton from them. And uh, as an event services seasonal, you may be, may be wondering what that is. And essentially, I helped plan and coordinate events with a focus on day of game staff. And so that could be from training camp to draft to regular season games and then postseason games. So it's really a great opportunity for me to gain some leadership skills as well. Um, and obviously it was still an operation. So from there, I moved to Chicago to accept my first full-time gig in the industry as a guest relations coordinator. And during my time in Chicago, 
Um, it ultimately wasn't a great fit for me um, in that specific role. And so that's, I think God really redirected my uh, career path and, and life in a way to move to more towards back to the operation side of kind of digging deep in the back of house, the planning, the kind of gritty work, if you will. And actually in college, one of my opportunities I took was with the Pacers as a conversion crew member. And so I was working overnight primarily to convert the facility from one event to another. And um, kind of how my opportunity came about with the Pacers is from that previous experience and the connections I had was really the kind of the driving force of me wanting to come back to Indianapolis and kind of grow in this role with the facility operations. And so as I sit here today, it's been kind of a, a winding road in a way uh, over the past five years. And I guess, you know, it's a lot of hours worked, um, you know, a lot of sacrifice. But on the flip side, I've had an incredible opportunity to work with a ton of great people and uh, some cool events. And so I, I guess one takeaway from my five years that I want to just kind of leave on this opener with is that I'm not here because I've never lost. I'm not here because I never failed. I'm really here because I got up one more time than I fell. And, um, you know, I'm super excited to be where I'm at today. And I feel fortunate to have a platform to really use my skill sets um, to drive business for the Pacers uh, from the facility side. So you graduated from IUPUI just two years ago in 2021, yep. correct? Okay. Correct. So this, this comment has no bearing on any student that I have right now, past, present, or anywhere. But if I, if you've got a sport management program full of Aaron Magnusons, you're the best sport management program in the country. You, I, I don't want to undersell what you did or don't want you to undersell what you did. You had seven internships as I'm looking through your LinkedIn profile. And uh, I heard Ocean Man in Super Bowl. So I, I immediately thought you've got to be a living sport alumni. And I look, of course, you're a living sport alumni. And so, I mean, explain it. And I'm probably getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but this is something that every sport management professor, we just kind of hammer on you guys. And, you know, I, I know Dr. Pierce and Sherman, they probably did the same thing down at IUPUI. How important is it to get that experience? Like I thought I had a lot of experience coming out of college, you know, what feels like a hundred years ago at, at from IU, but I mean, you really probably from day one, like jumped in with both feet and didn't look like you said no to any opportunity. So how did that help you to now? I mean, you work for the Bears. Now you're working for the Pacers. I mean, these are like big time organizations. I think gaining practical experience is paramount. Um, if you can't do the job, then you're not going to last in the job. And um, so really with that in mind, you have to start somewhere and it's not going to happen overnight. And so really my first ever opportunity was a volunteer. And that means I didn't get paid, but I got paid in meal vouchers and a t-shirt. And so, um, you know, I really use those experiences as a starting point of my career to really develop and continue to grow. And so by using, uh, I guess I'll give a quick story. I was a volunteer with the Indy 11. It was a relatively newer organization at the time. They're now in I think their 10th or 11th year. Um, but I was really helping with operations on building their game days. And with that experience and through my, uh, you know, I guess work ethic and connections with that team, I was eventually promoted, I guess, from a volunteer that first season. And the next season after that, I was also an intern. And that was my first internship uh, with them in their corporate partnerships department. So, everything builds upon each other. And so I would say to students looking to work in sports is try to not say no to any opportunity. Um, everything 
is foundational. It's, it's building to the next thing. And um, try to have the foresight that you want to be great at where you are and understand that it is going to be a process. It is going to take time. But if you stick with it, you're eventually going to find your way right where you need to be. Well, and I, and I tell my students all the time, I, I love sport. And, you know, you could go and, you know, just like any other industry or business, you know, we're all selling something. It's just what we're selling in sport. That final product is so much fun. Um, the bad part about it is it's so competitive um, to get these jobs. I'm sure like at the Pacers, you guys get unsolicited resumes every day just because, you know, people want to work in the NBA. And so what you did, you know, volunteering and then you build your network and from there you get an internship and then you do more internships, you know, that prepared you to where you are now. And, and, you know, I don't know, unfortunate is the right word, but the reality is that's just what you have to do to get that job in sport. So with that kind of going back to your current role, now you've got all this experience and you've had some experience outside of college now in a full-time role. Um, what are your responsibilities as the facility operations coordinator with the Pacers? My job to drive business is really to communicate, operate, and coordinate all aspects of the five-story, 130,000 square foot practice facility of the Indiana Pacers. And so what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis kind of ranges, uh, but my primary responsibilities inside the four walls is to um, essentially do project management, being a liaison between our basketball operations team, uh, making sure that they have everything they need from a facility standpoint. I also work closely with a uh, third-party housekeeping company that we work with that they do regular maintenance and cleaning tasks within our building. And then I'm also on site to support any event operational needs um, over at the field house if, if business dictates it. So you kind of make the magic happen with everything kind of pacers and events and facilities. And and I don't know if people really kind of maybe appreciate that or, or understand that, you know, we kind of see the final the final output, right, uh, of their game, or, you know, maybe somebody's been lucky enough to see the practice facility. But all that stuff doesn't happen if we don't have people like yourself there kind of you know, getting things ready and moving them around. And I know you're still kind of new into this role there with the Pacers, but, you know, thinking of kind of what your normal day is going to look like, let's say like maybe on a practice day and maybe what might a normal day look like for you on, on a game day. So on a typical day, I first do a walkthrough of the whole building and that's going all five floors, you know, looking for things that are out of place, looking at things that are maybe need a touch up or, um, need some work on. Uh, I identify those issues um, or problems and then um, kind of coordinate those tasks with various departments within the organization. So say a desk drawer is, uh, you know, falling apart for whatever reason, um, connecting with our engineering team for them to go in and, and fix that out. Maybe a, a shot clock uh, down at the practice court is not working properly and um, pulling our, our stage guys to help fix that solution as well. So it, it kind of varies on the different tasks I do on a day with that, but just walking through is my first priority and making sure the building is in a, a good condition. And from there, it's just supporting any way I can um, throughout the day. And so I mentioned project management is a big bucket of mine. And so um, I guess one practical thing that I'm working on currently is transitioning our COVID testing room for our players that we had when that was around um, mm -hmm. to a new rest and relaxation room for them. And so what that looked like on a, on a practical level was I, I connected with our uh, basketball operations team and a really 
found out what they wanted as their vision for the room. And then once we got that nailed down, I went in and tore out everything that was COVID related. Thank goodness. Right. Yeah. Um, and then from there, uh, coordinated different um, projects in that room, whether that's putting a new uh, coat of paint on the walls or sourcing furniture, connecting with our electricians to put lighting in and any technology needs. So uh, from there, I also, the room isn't done yet as I speak, but I will also um, coordinate the cleaning schedule with our third-party company. So you're working with, I mean, a variety of vendors and probably outside people. And then you're also working, I mean, you could be like with the basketball ops, I mean, maybe like coaches, assistant coaches, you know, trainers, things like that. So there's this wide variety of people you work with, and I'm sure personalities that you work with. I mean, just me and my um, history of working in sport. I know, uh, um, especially in my history as being a coach, sometimes we're not the most patient people in the world, but you don't need to comment about that. But what I will ask you about is, you know, what's that look like to work with a variety of different personalities? Because I know that can be a little bit tough for uh, students who, who just graduated, you're a couple years into your industry and you're working with people who've been there, you know, 20, 30 years and much older, you know, how are you able to kind of, you know, get everybody on the same page and, and let's get on the, you know, tug on the same rope and, and let's get these things done. Yeah. It's a great question because relationships are everything in this industry. And, you know, the way I approach it is first off, starting with every day, bringing energy and effort, right? Um, those are two things that I can control. And so if I bring energy and effort every day to all of my tasks and conversations, I think that's going to lead me to success. And along with that, I think it's important to note that we are working with a lot of different um, people with backgrounds, ages, as you, as you mentioned. And so just trying to meet everyone where they are, um, I think it's super important. And so I will also say that not compromising on your values as a person is also super important, but just kind of meeting where meeting others where they are and you know everyone works differently and it's not meaning that they're wrong it just means that it's different and so you just kind of have to adjust with each person that you come in contact with so whether that's face-to-face -face communication with them or how i kind of transpose an email uh to that person based on what their work style is i, I think it's kind of how i approach it on a day-to-day -day basis all right. And that's, I think that's great advice. You know, like, as you said, kind of meeting people where they are and kind of learning what makes them tick and, you know, how do I deal with kind of these different factors there? And then on the other side is the actual kind of like physical part of the job, you know, and again, that comes with experience, like understanding things about facilities or, oh my gosh, what, what is an HVAC system? Or, you know, who do we go? What's different types of paint? Why would we want flat as opposed to semi-glot? I mean, it's just goofy stuff like that, that you don't actually appreciate until you get in it and you experience it. So how can students get experience like that on to know like, Hey, this is what's required with the facility. Or if I want to like start building, you know, I, there's permits I need to get. And they may have never thought about that before they start picking up a hammer and destroying things. How can the students who want to get in operations start to get experience like that to get to where you are now? Definitely. I think just trying to find any opportunity you can, um, I would suggest to students. And so what that looked like for me was joining the overnight conversion team with the Pacers. And at the time, I didn't think it was, uh, it was kind of a, an opportunity that I thought would be great for my resume. And honestly, I didn't know a lot going into what I was getting into. And uh, through the course of my time in that role, I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. And a funny story, not a funny story, 
Um, but a story that I'll share is there was one particular night where I was uh, putting a stair on a riser. And before I knew it, it was falling on my toe, cracking it and putting me out for a few weeks. So um, just that type of knowledge and aptitude, I guess is the right word, potentially, um, is I really grew from that to by the time I finished my uh, first term with the Pacers as a part-time employee, I really had a grasp of what was uh, going on on a day-to-day basis. And really, if I was asked to pull off a conversion, I could have directed those steps if I needed to. And so that's kind of how I grew in my role. And so going back to your question, um, I think it's super important to just go after all the opportunities you can. um, And then as they come about, just trying to learn as much as you possibly can. And in terms of skills to work in facilities, Mm -hmm. I would say there's, you know, technical skills and there's also interpersonal skills, if you will. And so the technical skills would be something such as uh, how to drive a forklift. You have to have certification for that. Um, There's also things such as how to install a net on a backboard. And you would think it's kind of just putting it up there, but it's more scientific because of the balance of the grim and whatnot. Um, And in terms of intangible communication is super critical. Um, You're, as, as I mentioned, and we've talked about, you're working with a lot of different people. And so making sure that you communicate all across levels is super critical. Um, and I would encourage students that are still in college um, to really hone in on that while you're doing your coursework. Things such as presentations in classes is super important. I felt like during my career because it prepared me for those opportunities that I have now uh, to present in front of people. And so continuing to develop your communication is critical, I believe. Another one I would say is just being proactive in this role, um, trying to find ways to improve things um, and just having a good management and maintenance schedule mm-hmm. is is something that I found has been beneficial. And that doesn't start the day I get into work. That starts the night before trying to figure out my MVP list, which is essentially my most, most valuable priority, right? What are the two, three most important things I need to get done the next day so that it can set me up for a successful day? And so things are going to come up throughout the day that I can't control, and I have to kind of tend to those. But if I can make sure that those MVPs are completed, I, I think it's a successful day. And that's kind of one thing I, I would share to students is then uh, helpful for me. And I think it can be helpful in a lot of different areas of our lives. And then just, I guess, one more thing is just having a growth mindset, uh, making sure that you're always learning and growing. And I don't know um, a lot in in some cases of, you know, how an HVAC system works, but you can bet that I'll be alongside the engineer that is working on the HVAC system so that I can learn the process of it so that if I am asked to do something or a, a task comes up in the future, I can handle that and engineering doesn't have to take care of that anymore. That's That's on me. And, you know, that just makes you so much more valuable to the team there, which is um, fantastic. Okay, so you talked about being part of that overnight crew. And, you know, again, just another step for you in, in your experience, another thing kind of in your tool belt. And now you're able to have your full-time role. But I think it would be kind of cool if you could kind of take us behind the curtain a little bit and talk to us about what's that look like on the setup and, and teardown of, of Gainbridge 
like, let's say you had a concert in town, you know, Taylor Swift's in town. And then, you know, the next night or a night or two after that, we got the Pacers playing. Uh, what's involved and, and how do, you, do we get and like how many people are involved and like how in the heck do you get a basketball court if you just had 20,000 there to see a concert? So once the event ends, uh, almost especially during a concert, immediate, immediately after we have a dedicated staff team uh, to pull out all the staging. And typically those are stagemen. Um, they're typically contracted people who primarily work on tearing those and building up stages. And that's kind of a big aspect of it. A lot of times there's confetti on the floor, whether um, that's from a, a, an artist's request or just how the show is. And so we also have housekeeping on the floor, cleaning the, the floor. And then we also have another set of employees uh, that help really pull out other items such as the chairs, risers, um, any ancillary uh, bike racks, things of that nature. And so from that, it takes, I would say, 30 minutes to an hour for those first things. And then the staging does take a little bit longer. From the staging, it's really starting to build out the rest of the arena. And so whether that's uh, installing the court or the basketball goals, again, we're, we're, re we're putting in seating again. It's kind of a rinse and repeat at that point. How many people does it take to to make that conversion from from one event to the other? I'm sure it probably just depends on the event and what's coming in. But, you know, again, just, just going to a basketball game from maybe a concert or monster, monster truck rally or whatever. Yeah, it, it does vary. Um, and I would say 40 to 50 people of, of stagemen. Oh. Uh, and in addition to that, there is probably at least 10 to 15 housekeepers and five to 10 other employees helping with the ancillary items. When you say housekeepers, is that also including people like who are going up into the stands and, and getting trash and picking things up as well? Or, or is that a totally different? Yes. Yeah, so at the Pacers, we do um, contract out with uh, a company that does the seating bowl cleans. Okay. And we also have some internal staff as well that are full-time and part-time helping with that. Okay. So it is a, it is a mix. You know, for somebody in your role, and and I know you're probably really thrilled to to be with the Pacers, and I'm assuming probably close to home. But if you think, you know, 20, 30 years down the line, you know, if you could be in your dream job, like what's that trajectory like? What experience do you need? Certifications you need? Education things like that? You know, for students who Monday might want to say, you know, hey, I want to be the person in charge of Soldier Field or or, or Gainbridge uh, Fieldhouse or whatever it is. I think with facilities, there's, uh, you know, Forrest Gump rings true. It, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And so within facilities, you can really do a lot of different things. And so whether that's helping with security, food and beverage, guest relations, um, event operations, there's really, there's really a lot of different avenues. And one thing I've noticed within uh, working at facilities and other organizations is that uh, the structure of the organization matters a lot. And so sometimes event operations and facilities is separate and sometimes they're together. And so I think just in terms of a career path, kind of identifying what, what organization you're walking into and what type of structure that has can play a large role in what your future looks like. And so for my personal aspirations, I'm looking to continue in my uh, position right now and eventually work my way up to being kind of an SVP of facilities and, okay. and operations. We've kind of gone into some career advice. So I'm going to ask this question maybe in just a little bit of a different way. Um, one of the things we've talked about and, and you've kind of hit on is that it's really important for students to get experience. For the student who says, I just don't have time, 
I mean, again, I go back, you've done seven internships and part-time jobs, volunteering, you're with Living Sport. You know, how do you find that time? I think work-life balance is not the greatest term, especially mm-hmm. in sports, because there really yeah. isn't a lot of balance in a lot of ways, unfortunately. Yeah. And so what I try to look at is, I guess, prioritization. And early on in my career, I really prioritized getting experience and felt that that was the best uh action I could take. And now that I have that experience and kind of in my role right now, I can pull back the reins a little bit and not go a million different ways. And so it's kind of nice in that way that I have the flexibility to really hone in on what I'm doing now. And um, that's all due in large part to what I did previously. And so um, just finding your priorities, I think is super critical and, um, you know, building out your career and um, time management. Excellent advice. So if students wanted to learn more about you, is there anywhere on on social media um, where they could find you? Well, I'm active on my social uh, platforms, professionally, LinkedIn. If you can spell my name, you can find me, A-A-R-O-N-M-A-G-N-U-S-O-N, and also uh, Twitter and Instagram personally, at Aaron Magnuson. Perfect. And, and we'll link um, at least, you know, I'll, I'll link on my personal LinkedIn to, to this show. So if anybody wants to, to hook up with Aaron and, and learn more about uh, facility operations coordination, um, be sure to do that. And Aaron, really appreciate your time today and, and all the insights. Definitely. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to check out our next episode on September 29th as we welcome the commissioner of the Michigan Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, Dr. Christopher Brown. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating if you like what you heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also, be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TrineCSS, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.